I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. So following up on our discussion of going to see the wonderful and beautiful Ms. Laverne Cox. Yes. Amazing statuesque goddess that she is. Talented person. Talented, smart, funny, beautiful In addition to connecting with her as a performer and the stories that she was telling, it was nice to connect with the community there. It was a very comfortable space. This great sense of community for like this big queer thing. Yes, this queer and semi-queers and some not as queer in between. Yes, the allies and the queers and the extra queers were all mixed in together and everybody was having a good old time. Yeah, it was very nice. And we ran into a handful of people that we knew. Most of them I knew from church. Some of them we knew from the local trans support groups. The, the formerly queer church. Yes. The Well, it's not formerly queer. It's formerly a church. We're all still queer. Yes, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> the church that the queers got to go to. Yes. It's not there right now. It's not there. There's not a lot of options in the middle of the Wild West. No. Anyway. You said that it was really nice to see our gay boyfriends who are happily married, Mm -hmm. sweet kids, mid-twenties, and they gave you a hug. Yes, they gave me a hug. And you had had with reading other things that said... I think I read it in FTM magazine about a guy who was transitioning and talking about that he didn't get as much physical affection, you know, that he had gotten when he was viewed as a woman and, you know, other women would hug him and stuff. And one of his friends said, you know, if I'm going to treat you like I treat my other guy friends, I don't hug my other guy friends. So now you're excluded. So there, she didn't say that part, but I'm I'm adding that obviously. Yeah. And, And I understand that because I am a hugger. And if I was all of a sudden excluded from half of my hugs, I would miss my hugs. But there's more than half. He was getting zero hugs. This guy in the Mac that wrote the article. Zero hugs. Zero hugs. Yes. I cannot imagine getting zero hugs. I would have to find all new friends. So that's why I thought, after I saw our friends standing there, and I went to say hi to them, and they went to give me a hug right away, and I just gave them a hug because... Because we're friends and we hug. Yes. But I, I might have mentioned this last time we were talking, that usually as a straight guy, I probably wouldn't go hug the, all the gay boys. But I'm a queer straight guy. You are a queer straight guy. So I'm not like the other straight guys. No, you're not. And And I think it's fine to hug the boys because they're friendly and they give you a hug. That's what they do. That is what they do. And these are really great guys and they're huggers too. Yes. But I think that's another aspect of that trans is beautiful thing where we should celebrate these differences that you're a queer straight guy. Yes. And in that space of the Laverne Cox event, I felt quite clearly comfortable as a queer straight guy. Yes. It was all good. And I felt that from standing around waiting at the beginning. Yes. I thought, it's fine. I'm not standing out like a sore thumb or something else. I'm just no one of the queers that's here. And, and you got some there... are more queer and some are semi-queer and it's all good. And you got there fairly early to make sure that we were not going to be like stuck way in the back or sent to the overflow room like we were when we saw Michi Okaku. Yes. And so you were there like two and a half hours early. It was an hour and a half before they were opening the doors. And it was either that or 
go waste time and then go stand there. So I, I had a book with me. And that was not a waste of time. Was it a good book? It's kind of funny. It's not as good as the other camping book, but it's about this guy. It's called like, um, you're not lost if you can still see the truck or something like that. Hunting and fishing and telling stories about. Sounds like a manly book. Well, what's what I like about it is it, he says he says in the fir- in the introduction it's a it's not for people who have a flow going on like you get out there and everything goes good. It's for people who have a flu, which is kind of what the other camping book was about, which was ex- yeah. extreme sleepings or something. Extreme sleeps, yes, where yeah. she was sort of feeling her way around, learning how to extreme sleep. Yes, yes. So. I was reading a book. You were reading a book, and probably 90% of the people there would have read you as a man who was assigned female, but they're not going to be like Laverne said, that's a man. They're not going to be like, that's a girl. Yeah. They're just like, okay, he's cool. Yeah. He's not a girl. He's not a girl. <laughs> no. He is not a girl. He's one of those other guys. He's one of those other guys. And yeah. they, they knew what to do with the concept of you just being one of those other kind of guys. Yeah, it was more, I, I knew that going into this event that it would be more clear to most people that I was a trans guy. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in most situations, not the most comfortable place to be. No, it's but, not. If you but can, in the queer space, it was fine. Yes. In most of mainstream culture, if you are read as trans, that's still not something that has quite so absorbed into the cultural mainstream that people can just acknowledge it, assimilate it, and move on with whatever else was the topic at hand or the task at hand. Your transness, they get mentally or emotionally hijacked by it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen there. No, but to people who were not going to that event, like the guy in the parking garage, I was just some guy. You were just some guy. And what happened with the guy in the parking garage? Well, it was funny to me. I, I drove in the parking garage and I thought I saw one of those things where you get a ticket so you could go put it in your window. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And so I put the car there and I got out to go look for it and I went by the elevators and I thought it's probably way up on top or some ridiculous thing because they have a segregated parking area or whatever. And I turned around, I saw a maintenance guy driving through, so I just pointed at him and he stopped, mm-hmm. rolled down his window to see what, see what I wanted. Because mm-hmm. when you point at the guy and he stops and he's, you're pointing at him for a reason, he yeah. wants to find out what that reason is. And he stops and he sees what this guy wants. Because you're just some guy. This guy being me. Yes. And I say, hey, where do you get a ticket to, for the parking? And he says, on the top floor. And I said, okay. And it, so it was just this exchange. And this is what most of my week is like mm-hmm. at work to most people I interact with, except the people who knew me before transition. Mm-hmm. I am just some guy. Isn't that awesome? It is. But it was also really awesome to be myself in the queer space. Yes. And be like, yeah, I'm some guy, but I'm a trans guy because that is part of my identity. Yes. I'm not ever expecting to be stealth. I'm expecting to fly low in some areas out of necessity. Yes. However, I enjoyed that I could just be myself and really be who I was, which is some guy who's a trans guy. Yes. And And it not be a problem. All of I didn't have to worry. How many people are here? What type are they? Who will this be a problem for? How many is that? What type of problem will it be? Etc. How much of my personal effort and energy is going to have to be directed into mitigating the potential problems of other people not being able to assimilate who I am? There's a type of safety math that goes on for trans people. (laughs) Safety math. Yes. Everybody put up your hands. Do the safety math. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not that fun. Damn it. I know. And unlike a lot of math, it depends on your location. Yeah. There's only some math that depends on your location, and it's not directly correlated to this type of math. You're, you're not talking about the math of like the curvature of the earth that depends on, you know, your location and when, it's greater curvature at the at the equator than it is at the poles. We're and not the, talking about what longitude and latitude are you at and what direction do you want the compass to uh, no. provide for you. No. No, we're talking about what sociocultural gathering and placement have you found yourself in and what is the cultural expectation of your presence there. Yes. And in this case, they look at you, they see a short guy with a patchy beard and a tall, broad-shouldered wife, Mm -hmm. and they automatically have a certain set of assumptions, but none of them are negative. Right. They see you for what you are. And they see us for who we are. And they're just like, okay, I get this person. I connect with a portion of their story that can be read on their presentation. And they don't get hijacked by it. Nice. It's so great. Yeah. I miss that. Like like your cousin Vinny was saying, missing queer spaces and queer community. Right. And the like I said, the awareness that I know I wouldn't be as welcome in queer spaces I used to you know, hang out in with the lesbians. No. Some of them might be okay with that. The rest of it, it all still requires a lot of that math. It does safety still require math. the math. The safety math. Everybody look at your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. I often do wonder what people think. You know, for instance, our neighbors, mm -hmm. they've noticed that I look different than when we moved in here. Have they said anything about they noticing? They said nothing. Mm. They're smooth. They are. It still makes me do a little bit of math. Yeah. Yeah, there's the, like the calculus of the safety math, and then there's the two arithmetic. Plus, two two plus two equals probably four. Yeah. Point one when it comes to trans math, but yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they're thinking, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't think of any. I find it interesting some of your interactions with people who have known you a long time. For example, you had an entire discussion, and I'm not going to go into too much detail to preserve anonymity, but you had an entire discussion with your work wife about porn. Yes. And normally some guy and some girl who share in office space would not discuss porn with one another. No, unless he was a gay guy. But you're a queer straight guy. Yes, I'm a queer straight guy. And so I guess the queerness is enough and the fact that she's known you for a decade and a half. She's known me for almost two decades. Yeah. And she pointed out that she was also aware that in our Wild West American culture, this would not be a normal discussion. It might be in Europe or somewhere else, mm -hmm. which often as Americans we find more cultured, or at least we... And also think, generally more yeah. liberal. Yes. So it was kind of a... A funny discussion, but it had to do with some branch of work things that had happened that led us into other questions about, what is that? Not suppression, but actual... Oppression? Oppression. Yes, that one. <laughs> of peoples and so forth. And there we had a discussion about porn. Yes, because like I've known a number of adult performers... Mm -hmm. And those who enjoy their work and maintain their mental and emotional health while working in the sex industry are definitely the minority. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much of that is due to the fact that a lot of them are getting into that work as a last resort. And how much of that is due to the cultural bias and bigotry against sex workers, just like a cultural bias and bigotry against any marginalized group of people. People will lead to more mental health problems. There's a reason that trans people have higher suicide rates than anybody else. Yes. And I don't know how much of it is due to the fact that for a lot of people, 
sharing their body is a very emotionally taxing thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you because I'm because for me understanding it is. <laughs> understanding. Well, yeah, for you it is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with so I love the people who do normalizing work with that, like the Buck Angels and the Jizzlies and the other people who you know seek to normalize the sex work experience. My so cousin Vinny. Your cousin Vinny, who yeah. you know was a did did producer porn, for yeah. a number of years of people who wanted to do this. Yes, you know, people who empowering yeah they, they were doing it to be empowered not mm-hmm. to be oppressed yes or just to pay the rent right so so these queer spaces that we find ourselves in on rarer and rarer occasions as we look more like a cishet couple yes and i i thought about what would it look like if i could take some of that queer space with me more places i went mm-hmm. and i think that bringing that queerness with you and having that presence was certainly a more comforting part of my adaptability, Mm -hmm. you know, over the time period that I was obviously queer. Mm -hmm. But what it would look like now might not feel as fun as it did then in the way that you have to have more frequent safety math going on because people are confuse that you did all this and now you're acting a little different than I expected. And you, what do you mean a queer straight guy? How does that work? And having, you know, spent most of my life being a queer, that's how that works. But you can't explain that to everybody very easily. No, which is why I think it's good that we have a lot of these, not to play respectability politics again, but a lot of these palatable, good-looking assimilatable role models who are doing the early work of pervading the culture and getting the ideas into people's heads in ways that they can wrap their heads around, making room for the rest of us who are a little bit less palatable. I think that that's true. It does wedge some space in there, get get their foot in the door for us. Yeah. I think if I was a cisgendered male who acted a little queer, but was a straight guy, that would be palatable in today's society because of other people who have created space for that. Because of Will and Grace, because of RuPaul, because of... (laughs) Okay, none of those were what I was thinking, but... Yes, um, because of the pretty gay boys. Because of Metro Men. Yes. So there. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know that that would work the same. And and so being in a queer space where I'm visible as a trans guy validates my queerness. And that feels good to me. Good. Yeah. You know what else we, we got to do that was really queer? What? We took our friend to uh, the follow-up for his bottom surgery. Oh, yeah. We did. See, oh, yeah. there's another thing that just blended into like... <laughs> the background noise. Responsibilities and things that you do for yes. your friends. As you do. Yes. Maybe we can get him to come and talk to us. He said so. that he will, but I think he wants a little more space and to be past some of these more follow-ups that He'd he's like needed. He'd like catheter out is what he'd probably like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because but... he has one of those so, again. We took a long drive. We did take a long drive. And went and helped him go to an appointment. So we loaded everybody up into the car, including our lawyer friend, and dragged him to see Dr. Crane, because by the time he was done seeing Dr. Crane, he was not going to be in any shape to drive himself home. No, or anywhere else for that matter. And it was his first follow-up, 
I think he had had a stricture. No, remember, he had a follow-up a couple weeks before, and they scheduled him to get this scar tissue out of the way. Okay. And so there, he had enough of the scar tissue that he, they were going to need to knock him out. Mm-hmm. And I always love the conversations that we have when he's around, because it's another one of those normalizing the queer experience kind of things, where, you know, you guys are just two guys talking about your dicks. <laughs> And I know what you guys' dicks look like, and it's not what most people would think of when they think of two guys talking about their dicks, Mm -hmm. but those are your dicks. Yes, and we can talk about them. And you can talk about them, and Mm -hmm. most guys wouldn't talk to other guys about their dicks in general anyway, but... It's a trans guy thing. It is. Trans guys do these things. But I love the fact that it's just this normal thing Mm -hmm. when he's around. Mm -hmm. That it's just, yeah, got this scar tissue. Yeah, got this appointment. Oh, yeah, we can take you to that appointment. No problem. We can take a day off work to go and drive. Yeah, it was a lot of driving. I was glad you... You were able to go with us, you know. Yeah. Because you... If it hadn't been break, you would have been hurting. Because you can take time off easier than I can. And I I would have done it. But yeah, I don't... I did drive like that some years ago. When you were my age? Yes. (laughs) And younger. (laughs) However, I do end up now with a backache at some point from driving. You're too young to be that old. I know. I feel that way quite frequently lately. Yeah. Although more exercise can help. Yes. Now that I exercise like an old guy, I can feel a little younger because I can move around more. Good job. So, so well, yeah, we, we got to do this, and, and this was nice. We did see some other folk waiting around for their people getting things done. Yes, yeah, and, you know, when you walk into Dr. Crane's office, Dr. Crane has a specialty, and so you can generally see other people who are there for the similar specialty. Yes. And, again, it's not a... And it's not a, ooh. Yeah. It's, yeah, we're all here for the same thing. Yeah. It, it was a pretty... I read you, you read me, we all read each other, and cuckoo ca Yeah. We're, we're comfortably sitting around waiting for someone who's having surgery, which is an uncomfortable situation. So as comfortable as possible, thinking, oh, I hope my person that I care about enough to drive all over the place is doing well and will not puke in my car. <laughs> Yes, the driving halfway across the country with somebody feeling ill. We made sure he got the front seat. We put the piddle pad down under him. We were good. He brought his own. He brought his own piddle pad. It made me laugh. Yeah, I thought that was thoughtful of him, but he's he's a pretty good thinker. So, you know, he's a considerate person. Yeah. He is. He is. Yeah, he thinks ahead. He does. It, it made me laugh, though, because, you know, he's all worried about puking in our car and Getting pee in our car from, you know, where he's this worried some, catheter's Some leaking. kind of bodily fluids will leak somewhere. And we're like, look, we, we, have, got kids. we have children. <laughs> you can't do anything that they can't do. No. And I told him when he first sat down in the car at like, you know, I don't even know, stupid o'clock in the morning as we're trying to drive there before this afternoon appointment that I had just cleaned the car. Mm-hmm. And he should be glad that there's a, you know, he noticed that there's a pet cover on our back seat. For our children. For our children. It is not for our pets. It is for our children. <laughs> they they make better pet covers and they do seat covers. What they can, do. What can we say? And I said, yes, if it weren't for that, you'd probably be sitting on all manner of bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. And even so, he was still freaked out about getting bodily fluids in our car on the way back. And we were like, eh. Which he thought was funny, even though he was drugged up. But he was like, ah, <laughs> he was. other people would be like, ah. And you guys like, eh, whatever. <laughs> we are. Eh, that's nothing. 
Yeah. At least we don't have to go to the principal's office for you. So there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, body fluids, whatever. Yeah. That. So... Is there any other queer stuff that we've gotten to do recently? I go to my queer Bible study. Oh, we moved that out of the house. Yes, we did. We, you guys did. I didn't do anything. Yeah, we, not including you, we, the Bible study. Yes. Moved it out of my house and back to They, they found some the church. children more disruptive than they imagined. <gasps> I could have told them that. Jeez. <laughs> and they even take the kids outside half the time. I know. I but, know. Yeah. But... Yeah. They have an upstairs and downstairs at the church building, so that makes it better for Bible study for children, too. Yes, it does. I'm thinking, what other what other queer things? To me, it's like this queer event every time I go to the bathroom, so what do I know? Tell me about that. I can use an SDP all the time, and so now that I've gotten to pee in every toilet, I, you know, every <laughs> urinal I could find, and I've settled down about that. I don't always need to do that, but it's probable. If you took a survey of trans people and asked them, how often do you think about being trans as you're going in the bathroom and, and then have to do, let me revert to probably today's overall topic, safety math, <laughs> they would say 110% of the time, if not more. Yes, and that's um, why our lawyer friend had his nethers fixed was because of the safety math. He wanted to be able to just use the bathroom. He wanted to be able to change in a locker room. He wanted to, yeah. it had nothing to do with his, well, I should say it had significantly less to do with his own personal comfort in his own body than it did with his cultural discomfort. Yes. Dealing with the rest of the world mm -hmm. with your body. Yay. Bathrooms. Safety math. Yeah. Queer spaces. Uh, they don't really match, but... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We we don't usually group those things together, but okay, let's try it. <laughs> we a lot are of trying things to in this family that don't usually get grouped together. Well, and a lot of states are having the this issue right now of uh, bathroom bills. Yes, bathroom bills. Ugh. No, it's good that it's on the agenda, even though some of it is not going as well as it could. It's on the agenda. It's a very public uh matter and a lot of public input on it. So I think that that is good. I'd rather it was even if it was the, visible. Yeah, I think the visibility of it is going to be a long-term benefit, even if the short-term outcomes of the bathroom bills are not to the benefit of the communities upon which they are imposed. Well, I, I think it's good because in those senses, they will continue to duke it out because the people who are completely unsatisfied will remain completely unsatisfied. Mm -hmm. And that's not quietly so. So, right. Yeah, that's good. And I have to say, there are a couple of these bills that I've skimmed the text of, and there's a couple things that I generally skim for. And one of them is how they denote your sex how do they pick which bathroom do you belong in? Is it your sex assigned at birth? Is it your chromosomal sex? Is it the sex on your birth certificate? Is it, you know, what do they use as their defining characteristic for which door you should go through? They never say whiskers on your face. No. No. And this is the campaign of taking selfies in the quote unquote right bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, some guy taking a picture with himself in front of the ladies' restroom and saying, do I look like I belong here? Right. And, you know, some – and it's almost always passable, which, again, I think is not the best for the community in general, but it's a good thing as it comes to gaining widespread acceptability. These beautiful, passable women taking selfies of themselves in the mirror in front of urinals. 
Like, yes. do I look like I belong here? Do we, and... Yeah. Do we send the, the person with the whiskers in the women's room? And do we send the person with the big lumpy things on the front of their chest in the men's room? No. No. No, but then, like, a lot of these, well, not a lot, but a few of them are trying to circumvent the legality of that by saying, instead of saying what's on your birth certificate, for example, because you got your birth certificate changed. Yes. Under those laws, you would belong in the men's room, which would fit because you have facial hair and muscular jaw and broad shoulders and... You would not And I've always freaked the ladies out when I've gone in there anyway, so there you have it. You have, yeah. <laughs> we could reference Ivan Coyote's talk on bathrooms, but You you could do that. I, I think note, I will. Yeah, a, I'll put a, a, a link to it. I'll put a link to that in yes. the show notes. But Yeah, I remember being at Meteor Crater on a road trip with my roommate Lisa, who was a very tall, sort of Katie Lang person who also liked men's shoes. And we were in the re- restroom and the ladies were <laughs> They they could see our shoes, and they had probably seen us and said that there were men in the ladies' room. Oh, gosh. I don't think Lisa was a man, but there was me. So You still had lumps on your chest. I did. <laughs> I wasn't pleased with it. No. I just had to pee. We just need to pee. Yeah, that's the hashtag is we just need to pee. Yeah. But, you know, they try and get around the birth certificate thing by saying uh, your chromosomal sex. I'd like to see them check everybody's chromosomes before they pee. <laughs> well, I'd like to see the bathroom for, you know, the Turner syndrome and the Kleinfelter syndrome and, you know, the other... The, the people whose chromosomes are not XX or XY. And granted, that is like 7% of 1% or something, 0.07% of mm-hmm. Western population. But still, I mean, are they going to... They got to give you a special bathroom pass then saying, well, your chromosomes match this more than that. I don't know. I don't know either. If... Why is it always about the bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody, nobody listening to this knows it's either, I'm safety sure. safety math. If you know, you should tell us. And it's crazy to this. me that it's the straights and the, the phobics who are trying to play safety math with it. Like, oh no, some guy dressed like a girl is going to go into the wrong bathroom. Bathroom and they they are so bad at safety math. They, are they bad. have no idea how it works. They are failing safety math. They have, they need to take a course in safety math. Ugh. They're trying to add A with Q and come out with D and yeah. Nobody's getting the D in that situation. Sorry. Just saying. So queer spaces and queer acceptance in common spaces. Yes. I'm, I'm Have trying a say so. to come up with some funny integration of the hall pass into the safety math and the hall monitors and the bathroom monitors and the, but, it, but it's not happening. But we're at the end of the podcast and, and my brain is are. fried. And so let's go get some dinner. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts.
Thanks for listening. Microphone is off. Or power cord is unplugged, I mean. <laughs> Microphone is on, dearie. We're talking to it. Power cord is unplugged. <laughs> the thing is not hooked into the thing. There you go. Thank you. One of the things that I didn't want hooked in is correct. <laughs> yes. Correctly not thinged. So, there you go. <laughs> it's not thinged. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love verbing nouns, but it's even funnier when you do it because you're not a word person. And so when you play word tricks, it always makes me extra smiley. Oh, good. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Hold on. We didn't get the seconds of silence before that. I'm sorry. You're not going to get any. <laughs> Stupid dog. Go lay down, doggy. He will in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um. There was something you might have. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. It won't get recorded, but go ahead. Do you know where we're going to? Yes. You remember where we're leaving off? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. The dog is not very nice. Do you want to lock him out and then he'll bump on the door? He'll just, he'll, he will do it for, a, for a, forever. He, he's like a goldfish. He forgot he just bumped his head, so he'll do it again. <laughs> goldfish dog. All, all the things that make you different make you beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Even, you're, even after you're the little, last you're, discussion, that term is still a little bit bristly, isn't it? No, you're, you're biased, so. Uh, well, yeah. fair. Yeah. You're handsome. Thank you, dear. In any case, how long so, have we been talking on there? Um, Probably about 25 minutes. There's 32 of recording, but usually we end up cutting by about 25%. Ha, 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 ha.